Welcome back to the Lynx Golf Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Graylin Loomis, and I'm joined as always by co-host Ian Kreitzer. Ian, good morning. How's it going? Doing well. Doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing well. <coughs> no, no worries. So we are talking today about underrated golf. I, I, I struggle to say destinations because we're going to talk about underrated golf states, underrated golf cities, and underrated golf countries. And it, before we get into it, I want to just explain, we're going to hear uh, or read basically from an article from one of our writers, Adam Shupak, and we're going to hear and read from one of our writers, Eric Matashevsky. We're going to throw in some of my input, uh, some of Grayland's input, some of Ian's input, uh, but really we want to hear from you guys. So we want to know what you think the most underrated golf destinations are around the world. Um, and I say it at the end of every episode, but you can always reach out to us and, and tell us what you think at letters at linksmagazine.com if you want to shoot an email or anywhere on social media. We are at links magazine. So after you've listened to this episode and kind of listened to what we had to say, tell us what you think some of the most underrated golf destinations are. There's going to be some debate. The, there sure. will be a lot of debate. After and seeing, there's always been comments <laughs> on that on uh, Adam's piece. Of yes, the, the underrated always. golf states. Yeah, because always. And, and, and some, some are kind of bold, like bold choices. Bold choices, yeah. and I, I think that we all kind of bring our own personal biases, and wherever sure. I think. Minor reflection in mind. Yeah, and, and yeah. They, they certainly are for both of us. Where you think, well, people know it's good, but they don't know how good, and, and that makes it underrated. And other people will think underrated means unknown. So, right. With that, let's just jump right into um, a little bit of Adam Shupak's piece. Yeah. Uh, I assigned this to him: five most underrated golf states. So this isn't necessarily a destination, but. I what sparked this in my mind was thinking about kind of the explosion of golf in Wisconsin, and then you had Aaron Hills, uh, you know, as a U.S. Open venue. Shout out season two sponsor. Yep, <laughs> thank you. And then you have you know like Nebraska and the Sand Hills. You know, is Nebraska an underrated golf state? Right. I'm not sure. Does one or two or three really really stellar courses? make a state underrated and if those are highly private courses does that change it so right. th there's a lot to think about but we'll go through his choices his number one choice was minnesota and i, I thought that was interesting he went in and, and kind of talked about um the national golf foundation studies that found that um a really really high percentage of minnesotans uh play golf yeah. it's like 31 percent of yeah. of all adults in Minnesota, all residents, and and just are, an aside too, one of my uh, the most golf crazy families that I know, born and raised in Minnesota, the Foley's. There you go. Yeah, and it's a place where you don't have right. a big season. Yeah, but um, I, I think the the point that stood out to me is four hundred of their four hundred and fifty three golf courses in Minnesota are public. That's but, amazing. Yeah, which is really interesting and probably speaks to. You know why it's such a, a golf crazy place because people can play there. Yeah. Um, you know you have a lot of good golf courses there, and of course at Hazeltine we've seen what Ryder Cups and things there. And yeah, yeah, and, yeah I believe um, I'm not misspeaking, am I? They, they're no, yeah, 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 the Ryder Cup, and then more recently the uh, 
the uh, uh, women's PGA championship yep. was was held there uh, this year. Yep, I saw the weather was pretty bad for that one. Or at least the, the day it, it I was, watched it was for it, a little bit. I think it cleared well, up. Did it, it clear up? Good. Up, yeah, I, I remember checking in and seeing a bunch of rain suits, thinking, "Oh, yeah, Minnesota." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think uh, that was a place that I don't necessarily think of as a, yeah. a golf destination. And knowing that they have 400 public courses out of 453, that's that's a pretty compelling case. So that's big time. Yeah. Well done, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Next one was one I definitely had in mind, Wisconsin. That kind of sparked um, the whole. And, and that yeah, yeah, exactly. That sparked this whole thing. And you know, thinking about um, Aaron Hills and Whistling Straits and. Uh, than what Mike Kaiser has done at uh, Mammoth Dunes and Sand mm-hmm. Valley, all of a sudden you, you start looking and you're thinking, whoa, you could spend a week in Wisconsin been, driving around yeah. and you could play kind of world-class new like headline venues and then you could spend another week just playing kind of the under-the-radar excellent spots. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, Neither absolutely. of us have been, well, at least... I've not been to Wisconsin to play golf. I, I, I haven't I either. No, you haven't. No. Um, yeah, I did an internship um, at Golf Magazine and Golf.com uh, back in college, and there's a guy there who I was a fellow intern with named <laughs> Sean Zock, and um, he is Wisconsin born and bred, very proud of it. And he is. He, uh, I, I don't know if he would be happy that Wisconsin is on this list, but he would certainly argue that Wisconsin is a golf state, yeah, and um, and I hope to get up there and and play at least. I, I've always been wanting to go play Sand Valley and Mammoth Dunes ever since they opened. So for sure, they, that'll be uh, that's on the on the bucket list. Maybe have Sean take us around. Yeah, Sean, h- hook it up, buddy. Ho- hopefully you're listening. So. <laughs> Next, Rhode Island. Um, to to quote from Adam here, pound for pound, Rhode Island might be the most underrated golf state. Um, they have it has ten Donald Ross layouts, uh, heavy on old school architects like William Flynn, Tillinghast, Willie Park, and Seth Rayner. Um, there are some really interesting courses there, like Wanamoiset uh, Country Club. Mm-hmm. And um, admittedly, I don't think I've been to Rhode Island, and I certainly haven't played golf there. No, I, I definitely um, haven't. But I know that our editor here, George Pepper, has played quite a bit of golf up in that area. He is he's lived up in that area for for a long time, and um, you know places like Newport Country Club, they they are legendary. And Newport, um, you talk about historic places. That was one of the five original founding clubs of the United States Golf Association. And one of the ones that, not to dwell on this too much, but one of the ones that flies under the radar as far as those five. Yeah. Because um, you're in the same realm as Shinnecock Hills and yep. Chicago Golf Club. And yeah. like and, and Newport, like people, if you ask people to name the five founding, like golf nerds, if you ask them yep. to name it, I can bet you that they'll name Newport last of the of the five, but it's a very you know very good. And that clubhouse looks absolutely oh. insane. Oh hey, my for gosh. those who've never seen it, Google Newport Country Club clubhouse. Yeah, and your jaw will hit the floor because it's right on the coast and like the sunset behind it too. If you can find a sunset picture of the clubhouse, fantastic. Yeah, but anyway. So then we get into uh, Adams kind of. Uh, what controversial let's say controversial choices and and i'll I'll read them as one okay new jersey and new york so how how can can new jersey and new york be uh be underrated and to 
his reasoning, I, I think, is sound, but it kind of falls into that bias that, that we talk about. So he wrote, I wasn't going to put New York, the state where I grew up, and admittedly have a personal bias on this list. Um, but I reconsidered. I got an email from Arnold Palmer Design Company, senior golf course architect Thad Layton, who said, with the sheer volume and variety of golf courses that are in New York, most of them folks, most of them folks have never heard of due to standouts that overshadow the rest. It's hard to imagine it could be overrated. So I, I kind of I like his thinking here. I do too. You know, I, I, I'll, like I will New admit. Jersey, like yep, Pine Valley, boom. Uh, what Somerset, yeah. boom. And uh, Baltus Roll, Baltus Roll, Plainfield, Ridgewood, like. And he makes a pretty compelling case that there are so many other really good courses that fly under those that they are underrated. Agreed. Agreed. Um, now, not everyone agreed with that in the comments. No, <laughs> no. It, if you find, go, go find the article, we'll put it in the show notes, but um, and yeah. you guys can argue in the comments about whether or not New York and New Jersey actually are underrated. But I I can totally see where he's coming from. I see what he means. Yeah. yeah. And, and <clears throat> I'm not going to go one way or the other, but there is, I'll leave it, there is a massive volume of courses that you may have never heard of in New York and New Jersey that are just fantastic. Two that come to mind, um, just because I have a friend that lives up there and uh, is, is pretty in the know as far as the underrated you know, golf courses in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, Glens Falls Country Club, he claims is the best Ross course that he's ever played and he's played a wow. lot of them it's up in upstate new york and he's like this is the best ross course in the world so wow i mean you've likely never heard of it and then the other one is a uh, yeah it's a we'll we'll put that um i'll, I'll send you some photos but okay. um but and the other one uh watching valley country club an old seth rayner uh, design that's been restored uh, by george waters and I actually have played that one. It is fantastic. Cool. And you you never heard of it, you yeah. know? And it's it's in the same neighborhood as like Somerset Hills and Plainfield and all that. So well, there you go. So just places like that, you know, it's I can totally see where Adam's coming from. Yeah. Just from those two uh, examples. So let's jump now to Eric Matashevsky's piece. And I signed Eric uh, based on the back of the success of the underrated golf uh, states piece. Right. I asked him to write one on um, underrated golf country. And, and he chose five. <clears throat> and Eric, uh, for, for those that don't know, works really closely with the National Golf Foundation, who does um, a lot in the way of studying golf and uh, surveying golfers. So Eric always pulls some really interesting um, statistics yeah. and numbers into his pieces. So he starts by saying, um, golf is truly a global game. 209 of the world's 249 countries have golf courses. Wow. There's even a nine-hole course on remote Christmas Island in the Indian Ocean, <laughs> uh, which I, I love that he just pulled that out. Yeah. Um, so uh, that said, golf is still very concentrated. 78% of the world's golf supply is in 10 countries. Yeah. Um, so most won't be surprised that those 10 are the U.S. Um, now, you might not know who would be uh, second, but... Japan, wow. interestingly, yep. Followed by Canada, England, and Australia. Followed again by Germany, France, South Korea, Sweden, Scotland, China, Spain, Ireland, and South Africa. Crazy Scotland so far back on that on that yeah. list. Yeah, yeah. Now, given that this is just numbers of golf right. courses, right? But, like, yeah, okay, yeah, I guess that. Yep. Yeah. So, with all of that said, 
what are the most underrated golf countries? And his number one that he listed is the number one I had in mind as well because of a big feature we did on the country in uh, the print magazine, Vietnam. Yeah. Um, Vietnam is the fastest growing golf market in the world. Um, they are they have 78 golf courses, which doesn't sound like a ton, but they have 43 golf courses in development. <laughs> Wow. I mean, think about that. The country of Vietnam, 43 golf courses in development right now. Um, Really interesting place. And, uh, you know, they have pulled in a lot of the kind of player architects, like big name player architects, like Faldo, um, uh, Greg Norman, Nicholas, you know, all those sorts of guys. And there's some really interesting sandy dunes land over there. And Mm. you see some very, very interesting courses. Is the new Gil Hance course going to be over there as well? That they'd... you know, drawing a blank on the name. It's either Vietnam or Laos or something like that. I yeah, can't. I, I'd have to check. Yeah, I'd have to look I, it up because they, it's a duel. They hired Tiger to do one course and Gil to do the other. Or, or am right. I thinking of the wrong thing? No, I. Well, we'll, we'll sort it out in the, in we'll, the notes. We'll look yeah. it up and yeah, we'll, we'll discuss it in a future episode. But I, that was just recently announced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, jumping from there um, down, next choice Morocco, a whopping fifty-two percent of Africa's golf courses are located in South Africa, but like, the second richest golf country is Morocco. And that's actually not that surprising to me. I, I know there are a ton of really good courses there um, and really good, I, w- I would say, maybe not architecturally considered just superior to everything, but very, very picturesque on top of cliffs and, yeah. you know, in, in a beautiful country. I've never been there, but I've always wanted to go. No, absolutely. Me too. Um, next, Iceland. Nice. Now, you named a course in Iceland on an article you wrote recently. Well, that's Norway. Norway. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. We debated this. Yeah, now we, we, now we, I'm we, remembering we why yeah. I thought about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, because we, we debated whether Norway or Iceland was kind of a better, like, Arctic Circle golf like, destination. Right, 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 right. <laughs> And, like, playing golf on, uh, underneath... Underneath the, the Northern Lights yeah, and everything, yes. Yeah. Got it. Um, so, uh, Eric mentions Iceland here. Um, it's another golf-crazy country. There's really only three or four months of the year that they can play golf, and there are these enormous golf events where, like, everyone comes out uh, for the summer solstice and plays golf by ting off at midnight because they have 24 hours of sunlight just so cool very very cool interesting places um jumping now to new zealand yeah now that's an interesting one because i think those really in the know about golf are like new zealand of course new zealand has tara edi it has cape kidnappers kari cliffs but i think most people probably don't know about those places yeah and uh, you know the the real kind of golf travel nerds among us would but um i I thought that was a really interesting choice my best friend and uh at the university of st andrews during college was uh, a new zealander who raved for four years about the golf in new zealand so maybe i'm just you never gone and visited him yet well he stayed in england so yeah matt just moved back and i'll come uh, visit you but um i was interested he had grown up and his dad was a member at um an alistair mckenzie design course called titarangi oh yeah which is apparently stellar and very close to auckland so one day 
I want to go down and and visit there. Because you've done Australia, but not... Done Australia, never done New Zealand. I actually ran into the head pro at Titarangi in northern Michigan. (laughs) Don't ask me how that happened, but um, I just heard this guy speaking with a Kiwi accent. He had a Titarangi shirt on, and I went over and I said... I can't not introduce myself. Of course, um, yeah. So either way, he, he of course had no clue who I was, but um, turns out he was that pro at Titarangi. Well, there you go. No, another connection in case Matt, in case Matt dad, doesn't so. work out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just call it the guy that met you, yeah. one, you met that one time. I met you once uh, in You don't passing. remember me, but... <laughs> okay, Eric's last choice, Portugal. Oh. And within Europe, Portugal is a very popular kind of warm weather destination, and it's it's... Comparatively inexpensive, yeah. um, inexpensive wine, good food, um, and they have a couple really famous courses like Oitavos Dunes, which has always kind of been one that uh, stuck out to me because it, it um, became really popular while I was over there, and, and I knew people who went down there. Um, but that's one that that I'd like to get down there and play. And For sure, I, I think it'd be a great destination to go on a vacation and probably play like one or two golf courses, and then have the rest be non-golf. Right. Um, now that's probably terrible to say you know for an underrated golf destination because you could go down there and play a ton of golf right yeah but the way i picture it i'd go down there with, with my wife and i say down it's over yeah but uh I, <laughs> it, I, it's I, over and up yeah, actually yeah, yeah. It, it's not even remotely down but i'd go over there and um and uh tie it into a kind of beach relaxation trip that'd be awesome that'd be a great trip Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So we've gone through Eric and Adam's pieces, and we're now jumping away from states and countries to just kind of our underrated golf destinations. That we've experienced. Our- that, that we've experienced ourselves. Yeah. And our criteria were basically, we need to have been there. It needs to be underrated in some aspect. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, it needs to be an area that's not like underrated private golf. Right. It needs to be underrated, accessible, um, accessible golf. And we haven't seen each other's lists. And yet. we have not seen each other's lists. So there could be some some. I, th- I think I know that one's going to be an overlap because because uh, we kind of talked about it before a couple of days ago. Yeah. Is that okay? Then yeah. we definitely have at least one. So yeah. start with that one. What 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 is your number one on your list? I no mean, it, order here, but what's your first? I mean, it's Pinehurst. Like yep. it's. I know that yep. everybody in the golf world knows Pinehurst, but. And the the resort courses are fantastic. I was I was lucky enough to and work well there known. and well yeah. known. Yeah. yeah, but there is so much more that the just average golf fan, like the people that go down and play the just you know go down and play number two, maybe tie in number eight, and number four, will have a great trip. Yeah, but I mean, you factor in mid pines, stormy club, tobacco road, pine needles, pine needles, southern like, pines. It, yeah, like wh- whatever kind of budget you you have whatever kind of golf trip you want you can find it in in pinehurst and you look at i always get a kick out of looking at the overhead like aerial view yeah. of the uh, of the area because it's all just like 
golf course. Oh, it's all just <laughs> golf course. It's absurd. Yeah. And there's if you get invited to play private clubs too, there are good ones there. But I think the public yeah. stand out. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I, I had that as number one on my list because I, I think um, we couldn't necessarily call like Pinehurst number two underrated, but I would say the non resort Pinehurst experience is very, very underrated. Absolutely. Um, and even undiscovered. I mean, I've talked to people who went down there and stayed at the resort and kind of didn't know there was a lot more golf in the yeah. area. Yeah. Well, well, no, when I worked there, I didn't, I mean, I was, we, we had playing, playing privileges at the resort, so I didn't really play anywhere else. And then after I, I went down a few more times and I was just like, wow, there's so there's much so stuff much. down here. And, um, and the resort's great. Uh, and we've done extensive you know, work on work with the resort as far as like podcast and all that. Going but, up to see number four. Right, yep. right. Uh, but the whole area is just phenomenal. Yeah. Okay. Number two on your list. Hit me. Okay. This is, I'm going to, I'm going to preface this one. There is a very well-known resort in this area, but it's, I think I'm not, I'm not including that okay. part of it. I think that the public options that are not that one course are also very good. And it's the like Monterey Carmel area. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. I think that's, I mean, you think about, and it's been kind of, kind of discovered now. I haven't done yeah. air quotes, but um, like the Pacific Grove uh, you know, golf links. Yep. Yep. Fantastic. Very affordable, inexpensive. Inexpensive. Seaside course. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I really liked but I, this is part of the Pebble Beach Resort, but I really like Spanish Bay. It's kind of the, in some people's minds, the the, the third redheaded stepchild of the resort, um, behind Pebble and, and Spyglass. But I I love I love Spanish Bay, and then you have uh, uh, Bayonet and Black Horse. Tell me about those, because when I went out there, I really wanted to play both of those, and timing didn't work out. Didn't you play? One or the other. I played. I played uh, Black Horse. Okay. Yeah. But what was that like? It it was very very cool. Um, I'm not too sure about the history of it, but yeah. these um, the, there are these two courses that hold. Uh, they're known as very very tough yeah. courses. They have kind of that um, a lot of elevation change, really really quick greens, um, like contour quick greens. Um, to the point where I, the guy I was playing with, who's a who's a scratch golfer, was like putting off, but put it off him a wow. few times and. Um, but uh, how far from Carmel to, to get out there? Twenty minutes. Oh, that's not bad at no, all. No, and and if you want to go even further up to Santa Barbara, you have Pasa Tiempo and, yeah, yeah, and Pasa all that, Tiempo which right that's there. been covered yeah. a good bit. I don't know if you can call it underrated, but I think it still is interesting. Um, interesting choice. That's gonna get some some comments. Oh, it's gonna get some comments for sure. Yeah, but I, I'll stand, as well Pinehurst. I, yeah, I'll stand by <laughs> both of them. I yeah, come at me, internet. <laughs> come at me, bro. Yeah, no, but I, I think they have like the um, Bayonet and Black Horse have the Alistair McKenzie style, like kind of jagged bunkers. Okay. Even though they're yeah. not McKenzie, you know, courses, but yeah. I, they have and they have really good views because they sit up on top of this bluff. And it overlooks the peninsula, which I think is really, really cool. So, wow. And it's pretty. public. Nice. You can play it for like 40 bucks. Um, I like that. Yeah. So uh, what was your number two choice? England. Yeah. And I, yeah. I have to do it because I, I think English golf is so overshadowed by Scottish golf and Irish golf. Yeah. Um, the golf in England is just world class. Yeah. And the more I play it, the more it climbs up my list to one of my favorite golf destinations in the world for sure you have you know not to hate on my scottish uh you know roots roots here but um in scotland you have 
so the best links courses in the world. I, I'll, I'll argue that best links courses in mm-hmm. the world in Ireland. You have best links courses in the world. Um, in England, you have some of the best links courses in the world, but you also have all of the Heathland golf. Right. And you have um, that whole belt of courses we discussed just south of London. Yeah. And then you have um, Heathland courses like Ganton and Woodhall Spa. And Scotland and Ireland don't really have any of the inland courses to match what they have down in England. They have a few good ones. There, there are a few good ones, but not you, like you couldn't name like 25 like you could in England. Right. And 25... Like Sunningdale Old New, Walton Heath Old New, St. George's Hill, um, you know, on and on. Um, Woodhall Spa, Ganton. Woodhall Spa, uh, Ganton. You even throw Wentworth in there if you wanted to. Yeah, you could just name them all. Yeah. Um, So I would say uh, England should certainly be there. And for those that have done a lot of travel in the UK and played, they will hopefully be nodding in agreement right now because Absolutely. It, it's it's very true. No, that's, that's one of those I want to get over to sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, but uh, okay. soon. Final choice. Um, we did a whole podcast episode on this and, and uh, all that, but I was really blown away by Myrtle Beach. I, I thought that the, the yeah. quality of what the courses we played, and we talked about it, yeah, that there are just so, so many like um, you know, great golf courses there. There's also some that are, you know, uh, value courses um yeah. but i think that pound for pound like that's a it's a very strong golf destination you can build any sort of golf, golf. courses yeah. in, the, in the greater area yeah you can build any sort of golf trip you want around and people i don't want to say people don't think about it when they're considering a golf trip because definitely people do yeah. um like even the guys who met out in bandon who did the Myrtle beach trip every year yeah. from ohio yeah um but i think that it's still underrated and there's a lot of you could go back you know four or five years in a row never played the same course and have a great trip yeah that, that's actually a pretty compelling thing i mean you, you could play for a week like four years yeah. in a row and not repeat a course like i want to go back to you know play true blue and to see caledonia again and like yeah. those are there's just so many along that the strand club again in a oh for sure yeah and yeah absolutely and maybe tidewater when it's not 30 degrees and we're teeing off yeah exactly <laughs> tidewater and i would wear clothing that is appropriate for the weather <laughs> yeah, that was freezing man. but so no i think that that's still underrated even though it's it's talked about as far as like buddies trips and uh, and all that but yeah. i still think ah, good choice but that underrated good choice all right your final one okay final one um and i'll have to explain why this is underrated but Melbourne, Australia. Okay. So Melbourne, Australia is known uh, for its sandbelt courses. And similar to London with its kind of belt of Heathland courses, Melbourne, Australia has some of the best kind of inland links. That's it, it, an odd you know, juxtaposition there, but inland links courses right. in the world. And I don't, so you're thinking like Royal Melbourne, East and West. You're thinking Kingston Heath, mm. Metropolitan. Victoria, um, a handful of others, but it's not underrated in that people don't know it exists. I think it's underrated in that people don't understand that it's pretty doable to take a yeah. golf trip down there. Okay. Um, let's see that point. Yeah. And I, when I, I went down, um, like an absolute nut and I only spent five days. Um, and it's a lot of flying to only spend five days. Yeah. It's like, what? It's like a 17 hour flight from 
from LA, from, from the West LA, Coast. Yeah. yeah, and of course we're coming from the East Coast, right. so you've got to get to Los Angeles <laughs> in the first place. Um, but it it still remains one of my favorite golf trips I've ever taken, and probably some of my favorite golf courses I've ever played. Yeah. So I, I would say, even if you know those places exist, do some research and consider going down there. All the clubs I mentioned are technically private clubs, but much like the UK, you um, uh, there are certain days of week where they allow visitor play. Yeah, and man, are they friendly and welcoming. Oh yeah. Um, so I, I that goes down as my favorite underrated golf destination, and I, I think if you can save up for the flight to get down there. Then you're set. You're you're set because once you get down there, it's great. relatively inexpensive from what I've from what I've heard. Yeah, the golf certainly the golf, is, yeah. and depending on where you stay and eat, you know, you can spend right. as much as you want. Right. Um. But it, what 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 I loved was just getting down and experiencing some of the best golf in the world and people who are really, really, really proud of it and happy to share it. So that's um, always a cool thing. Yeah, and. Yeah. and I was happy that I did what I did. I just flew down there and stayed in Melbourne and just yeah. played for a week in Melbourne. Didn't have any crazy travel days, didn't get stressed out, and just played golf. And, and that was that. And then yeah. I flew back, and I was gone for a week, and, and I would do it again in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Cool. So with that, we've covered a lot of destinations, but we want to hear from you guys. What are your underrated golf destinations? We've left huge swaths of the country open. We've left huge swaths of the world open to you. Um, or, so, or, or call us out or why, why you think that we're wrong. Or call us out. Yeah. yeah. Why, why are we wrong? As Ian just said, come at us, Internet. Come at us, Internet. Seriously. <laughs> um, yeah, social media, will. Uh, I'm, I'm hopefully... We'll, we'll, we'll shout you back. Yeah. And so we, uh, we're at Lynx Magazine everywhere on social media. You can email us at letters at linksmagazine.com. You can find a bunch of articles and more content at linksmagazine.com. And once you're there, you can sign up for the our e-newsletter, our e-magazine, or uh, get a subscription to the print magazine. Um, so with that, we'll sign off for this one. I, I think we've uh, we've kicked the hornet's nest just enough. I think so. And uh, and they're buzzing around, so I, we, we better sign <laughs> off. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good.